If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. With every Christmas card I write. Day. Be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. There you have it, Bing Crosby, White Christmas. You can't have Christmas without Bing Crosby. You cannot have, only Joe Biden can have Christmas without Christmas, number one. And, of course, without Bing Crosby, number two, somebody should send that to our beloved president who opened the nation's Christmas tree without mentioning the word Christmas or baby Jesus or any of those things that we usually associate with Christmas. But I digress. We're going to talk money and politics with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor and syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore from FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Welcome back, kids. Happy, holy, merry Christmas and New Year. I haven't figured out if I'm going to do this next Saturday. i got to figure that out yet. You'll be, you'll be the first to know. Anyway, Liz Peek, I got this message from you. The, the more you see of the omnibus, the less you like it, which really sent a chill down my spine. <laughs> huh. well. I mean, let's talk omnibus just for a few moments. It's so much fun, really. I'm I'm just appalled, and and I think I think all Americans are just appalled. You know, Elon Musk did one of these random, <laughs> uh, unsophisticated surveys on Twitter of should they pass it, and the, and the answer was a resounding no. Because what people have heard about this bill is what Rand Paul said. You know, it's going to be delivered yeah. four thousand pages in the dark of night with minutes to read it. No one will have read it. Stuffed to the gills with all kinds of nonsense that now. Uh, Senator Paul has come out and enumerated, which is really great, because now we know the foolishness that is in this bill. You know, uh, I remember Tom Coburn when he would come out with his annual waste book, Mm -hmm. and it was just a treasure trove of government stupidity. So here, Larry, the big picture is we should not be spending $1.7 trillion. That's the bottom line. And I don't care what the Republicans got in terms of increased defense spending. Yes, they did get an increase, but the reality is none of it should have gone up. Probably Mm. defense, if you looked hard at what they're spending money on and where the money's allocated, and oh yes, by the way, they seem to have lost a lot of it, you know, my guess is they didn't need an increase. What they need is more efficient management. What the government needs is more efficient management and a budget. This is not a budget. This is a free-for-all. Yeah, you know, Steve, Rand, Rand Paul, he's a really good guy. Rand Paul started it uh, on the TV show last week when he said that the GOP senators had given up the power of the purse and were emasculating themselves. That word emasculating went a long way. It went totally viral. 
uh, throughout the Internet. But, Steve Moore, um, one point here is what does this do to Republican credibility? This is what is so concerning. This is supposed to be, what, the free market party, the party of limited government, limited spending, limited taxing, limited regulations, more oil and gas. What exactly is in this omnibus bill that gives the GOP any credibility at all? Well, Steve Moore, are you there? If Sorry, not, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Okay, sorry about that. I was muted. Well, can I say Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays? Yeah, right. Am I, allowed, am I allowed to do that on this show? <laughs> yes. We've, we've spent quite a bit of time today doing just that. I hope you heard Bing Crosby's White Christmas I did. rendition. I thought, that was, I thought that was you singing there for a minute, Larry. But, yeah, it's, it's not. And by the way, I am in Chicago, and we do have a White Christmas here, so it's just a wonderful, wonderful oh, thing. Um, look, um, this does destroy the Republican credibility. You know, it's it's the stupidity of it, really. I mean, let's even just put aside all the terrible things in it that Liz was just talking about. The political stupidity of this is just mm-hmm. monumental. I can't tell you how many people, you know, I was on your show, uh, what, four or five days ago, we were talking about this. I mean, I just got an avalanche of response from that. People mm-hmm. are so angry. and mm-hmm. I mean, so angry about this. And people are just disgusted and they felt like republic look the republicans have one job between now and 2024 try to advance a pro-economic growth agenda mm-hmm. and stop the growth of spending that's this isn't complicated right mm-hmm. now why did they do it because they wanted 50 billion dollars more for defense and we could argue about whether that's necessary i i do not i think we spend plenty of money on our military right now but you know reasonable people can disagree on that but to get $50 billion more in defense, the Republicans gave up $150 billion for more social program spending when you know, we've already spent $4.2 trillion. All the Republicans have talked about for the last two years is how out of control the budget is, and they're right, and this is the first thing they do. So it's, it's bad economics, and it's even worse politics. Well, and the, and the worst thing is, Larry, it, all they needed to do was force uh, the government, force Congress into a continuing resolution right. so that when Republicans take over the House, which everyone worked really hard to allow them to do, then they would be able to rewrite this thing. They, As I get it, the House Republicans had no voice in this bill whatsoever. So what in the world are they – kowtowing to what will soon be a minority in allowing this to pass. I, I really found it shocking. Liz, uh, Liz, I, I, can of... answer, I, I can answer your question for you. Okay. You know, they wanted the pork. Yeah. They really did. That's how shallow these guys are. They wanted to bring home the bacon. There's something like 2,000 special interest, you know, local projects in here. And that's how bad it's become. And yeah. you mentioned Tom Coburn. Boy, do we need him back. Because, by the way, before Tom Goldberg, Coburn, do you guys remember uh, Bill Proxmire? Remember yeah. Him yes. from, he had the old Golden, the golden Fleece Award. Fleece. Golden Fleece Award. I remember <laughs> we it well. Nothing back. <laughs> by the way, um, Mitch McConnell said at one point, how important it was that a Democratic Senate and a Democratic House and a Democratic president could all work together with Republicans to pass this omnibus bill. That was a quote. And Molly Hemingway of the Federalists wrote a very good, tough piece. And she basically argued that as long as Mitch McConnell is the Republican Senate leader, 
the Republicans will never fulfill their principles. That he, as long as he's there, they will never break out of this um, big spending approach. And you ask yourself, what's the difference between Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. Senate? What is exactly the difference? I think well, voters and donors and others can't figure this out. Can, can I just say one thing about this? And, and I, think, I think Mitch McConnell is scarred by ever having had the Republicans shut down the government and taking a lot of heat for it. That's the only explanation I can come up with, and the fact that he really distrusts these handful of Republicans in the House who are balking at making Kevin McCarthy the speaker. It's a, it's a group. Uh, it's not more than a dozen, but they are really adamant. And I think he doesn't trust them. So I think he wanted to take away from them the leverage that they had. But before we throw McConnell totally under the bus, I always go back to the fact that Merritt Garland would be a Supreme Court justice were mm-hmm. it not for right. Mitch McConnell. And we would not oh. have uh, Amy Comey Barrett and Neil Gorsuch in on the Supreme Court. So whatever mm-hmm. else he's done, I yeah. do give him some credit for that. But I have to say his leadership here, he's so anti-Trump that now he's sort of anti-conservative. And I do think it's really hurting the party. But Liz, as a former Wall Streeter, you remember the phrase, you're only as good as your last trade. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I know. I mean, he's lost every all his credibility now. And, you know, Steve, I hope that the GOP uh, House, you know, gets going fast on a good 2024 budget that contains the principles they had in the commitment to America. I mean, otherwise, the Republican Party message just completely falls apart. Yeah, I wonder if it's a little too late for that. I mean, seriously, I mean, I think people are so disgusted by the giveaway. Um, One point, you know, I'll make about Mitch McConnell and, you know, I've had a love hate relationship with Mitch McConnell, you know, for mm-hmm. 20 years. And there's things mm-hmm. to love about him, things to hate. It's too easy to blame Mitch McConnell for this. I mean, my God, you have people like Tom Cotton. Yeah. For this. Yeah. And Tom Cotton is supposed to be a, you know, Republican conservative. Many people wanted him to run for president. He can throw mm-hmm. that out the window now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were there were only about 20 Republicans voted with Rand Paul on any of this out of mm-hmm. 50. So I think it's too I think there's a real cultural problem in the Senate. It's always been a club, Larry. That's the one thing about the Senate. It is a club. And this was the club. It didn't matter whether they're an R or a D next to their name. By the way, I think virtually every Democrat voted for this. I mean, so the, the idea that they have any fiscal conservative principles, you know, was washed away, too. But, uh, God, I mean, only 21 Republicans voted for uh, the kind of stuff that uh, – that uh, Rand Paul was talking about, which was very sensible stuff. It was just, let's let's do what we said we were going to do. Well, how about Chuck Schumer? Way, he, is my, he is my man of the year, by the way. Rand Paul is the, is the Republican of the year. But, um, but you know, give Mike Lee some credit. Yeah, I he mean, was great, too. He, he tied everybody up in knots with yep. his amendment to extend Title 42. So, Liz, yeah. he had the votes. As he said on the TV show, he said, for eight glorious minutes— uh, we had the votes yeah. to get Title 42 extended, which would have meant omnibus goes down in the House. And then Schumer took over and got Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin to change their votes. Um, Les, you remember Kirsten Cinema? She's the new bright light, the newest independent thinker in the Senate. She really stood on principle here. Eight minutes later, gone. Changed yeah. her vote. Yeah. I don't know. How many post offices did they have 
in the state of Arizona that can be named the Cinema Postal Service. Well, and and you really, I mean, exactly. She's from a border state. I think that she is certainly vulnerable uh, here in terms of people really being angry about this. Uh, When you use the word principle in a conversation involving this omnibus bill, I really find that an oxymoron. There are no (laughs) principles in here whatsoever. By the way, the other guy that you had on, Larry, that I thought was excellent was Mike Braun. And yes. I really felt uh, the, felt the Indiana senator who wants to run for governor, and mm-hmm. and I thought he also articulated very well the fact that the uh, Congress is basically making our country weaker and weaker with every year that passes, yeah. with every year that our debt continues to increase. Yeah. And by the way, what is the debt? That the number for interest on our debt in this omnibus bill, I think, is close to half a trillion dollars. Am I right mm-hmm. on that? Four hundred eighty-five billion, something like that. Sounds it's about right. Staggering. Yeah. It is staggering, He's and an in under- that people need to understand that that begins to edge out major programs. We can't put the entire American government on the credit card, uh, and that's kind of what we're doing right now. So, people, Americans are commonsensical enough to know this is unsustainable. But Night someone run. has to kind of put, you know make a bold first step and boy we sure didn't see that mike braun's an underrated guy actually we've watched yeah. him down through the years all right we're going to take a quick break folks and when we come back we'll talk more with liz peak and steve moore and bing prosby i'm kudlow we'll be right back from wall street to the white house this is the larry kudlow show Anyway, that's Bing Crosby whistling, by the way. I wish I could whistle like that. It could have been a whole different career if you think about it. Anyway, that's Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Someone should um, email it or text it to Joe Biden. This is Christmas. Um, We are here with our Christmas favorites, Liz Peek and Steve Moore. I just want to throw in, I want to toss in one thing, Steve. Um, There's a big tax hike in this bill, and it was Dan Clifton that uh, pulled the plug on this, and it didn't get enough attention. But the Trump tax cuts, uh, the bonus depreciation immediate expensing, completely runs out on the R&D tax credit. Uh, 20% of it runs out. You go from 100% expensing to 80% expensing. They didn't deal with that. And there was also um, an interest deduction for corporations. And they've already raised taxes on corporations in that stupid inflation reduction bill. And Mm -hmm. I think this is, you know, this is another very bad part of this bill. Republicans (laughs) did not stand up for tax cuts. Everyone agrees Trump tax cuts were great success, except nobody stood up for it, really, until it was way too late. And it it never got the attention it should have gotten. I just want to throw that in. Because we're going to have more problems extending the Trump tax cuts in whatever new budget uh, comes up. We're going to have more problems with that. Anyway, um, Liz Peek, I had Dr. Robert Redfield on this show earlier segment uh, in the second hour. And the reason I'm raising it, he was the CDC director. He was the guy who instituted Title 42. 
okay? Mm -hmm. And and the point he makes, and this is where I'm going, he wrote a very good New York Post column uh, with our friend Dr. Mark Siegel, a Fox contributor, that Title 42 should be upheld for public health reasons. It's not a political issue. And furthermore, it's there to protect the illegal immigrants themselves as much as anything else. It not only protects Americans because they, you know, nobody can check them out for diseases, whether it's COVID or influenza uh, or injuries crossing or dehydrating or whatever, but it protects the immigrants themselves. And that's why the thing should be extended. And um, I just wanted to raise that again because I think it's a very important point. I I think he's totally right. I mean, look, we're talking uh, thousands of people now a day coming into our country. We have absolutely no idea what kinds of uh, contagious diseases they might have. And by the way, when they're penned up, as they are at various points or put together with other people in buses or planes or whatever, yeah, I mean, they're going to make people sick. And so, yes, I think just the sheer volume, Larry, and, and forget COVID. I mean, it could be any time. When you have this many people from all over the world coming across our border uh, and we don't have the sheer capacity to check them all out health-wise, mm-hmm. I remember last year, wasn't it cholera that showed up in Los Angeles and the homeless population? Well, where did that come from? Who knows? Ebola has also made its way into our country uh, through people coming in illegally. These are really risky undertakings, and we have no control over it whatsoever. And, Steve, that last point Liz makes on homelessness was another thing that Redfield really emphasized. Homelessness is, unfortunately, disease-ridden. It is an epidemic. And a lot of the illegal immigrants wind up as homeless on top of these large city homeless communities that continue to grow. In other words, the bottom, bottom, bottom line here is this may, you know, the Bidens may see this uh, as giving everybody asylum or giving everybody amnesty. This is a public health catastrophe in the making, and no one's talking about that. And I also asked Bob Redfield, I said, in your CDC circles, what are the Bidens uh, putting together as a uh, substitute for Title 42? He said he hadn't he heard nothing. Yeah. There's nothing out there. And right. this is a potential catastrophe. Yeah, look, I don't get what Biden is doing. I mean, Title 42 was a very convenient kind of out for Biden because, you know, his constituency just wants open borders. They want mm-hmm. anybody to come in. They can't. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know me for 30 years, Larry. I'm as pro-immigration as anyone, but you've got to mm-hmm. have a legal process for immigrants coming into the country. So I don't understand the politics of this. All Biden had to do was embrace Title 42, and it would have been a, you know, logical solution uh, to this issue. One other quick thing that's related to this discussion, and it goes back to what we were talking about the about the omnibus bill. The omnibus bill gives billions and billions of dollars more for the Center for Disease Control. Yeah. Everything the CDC has done for the last three years has been exactly the wrong thing to do. They screwed up COVID from day one. They shouldn't be rewarded with more money. You know, Milton Friedman used to say, the more an agency screws up, the more we think it needs more money. And that's exactly what's happened here. I would have zeroed out. That neat place needs to be cleaned out. They were in favor of lockdowns. They were in favor of shutting down the schools. They were in favor of maximizing. They were the ones that, that said that, that, that uh, COVID was going to kill two or three million people. I and mean, everything they did was wrong. 
And, I, and by the way, they're also the people who told everyone that these <clears throat> inoculations, the vaccines, were going to prevent you from getting COVID. And so yep, the, exactly. the credibility of our health authorities was completely right. demolished. And any impulse on the American public of going ahead and taking more vaccines, the, roll, uh, the rollout exactly. of the most recent vaccine has been wildly disappointing. Well, guess why? No one exactly. really understands whether it's worthwhile. Doctors are conflicted about it. And part of it goes back to the fact that the CDC was so adamant, as was Joe yeah. Biden, that if you get the shot, you're not going to get COVID, which was... And by the way, Liz, the more that they mandate this, the more people don't want it. Yeah, I mean, that is exactly true. the opposite effect. Yep. I mean, people are distrustful of the government. Gee, I wonder why. Yep. By the way, Redfield, now it was a really interesting interview. Redfield said that when he uh, promulgated the regulation for Title 42, the CDC bureaucracy was completely against, against it, it. <laughs> and, of and, and leaked it out and attacked him mercilessly. Uh, so, I mean, this CDC thing needs to be reviewed. I'm sure it never will. Um, we also, speaking of um, uh, border closings, um, gave quite a bit of money to Tunisia and <laughs> Egypt, as I recall, and Jordan. Liz, you, you, you think Americans are worried about the Tunisian border? <laughs> they got about $450 million dollars. Yeah, do you think no, Americans I, know where Tunis is or Tunisia? Is? I don't even know where it is. I do know where it is. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I know where it is, but I actually don't know what their border problem is. I mean, there are countries that really have border problems, like Iraq, Syria. But I'm not sure. Ay, ay, ay. I, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Come on. It's a pressing issue. The Tunisian yeah. border. Larry. Larry, build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Build the wall. And the other, the other thing, Steve, is before we get too giddy on this, is for all of its good works, the FBI is getting a new $600 million building. Oh, the FBI is getting a new $600 million. The only battle is whether it's going to be in Maryland or Virginia. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's in this bill. And, and Larry, just... I know we're running out of behind. The other, uh, uh, the other one is the um, is the IRS commissioner now gets a limo limousine service. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's good. good. That's that true. makes me, me feel better. He doesn't have to use Uber. All right. Merry Christmas. Love, love, love. Happy New Year, Liz. Merry Peach, Christmas, Steve Moore. Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Take care. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. This is going to go out with Bing Crosby, I'm sure. And uh, we'll talk next weekend, possibly. Anyway, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Season's greetings. Good for baby Jesus. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.